Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode, I think it's 17 now. Brahma, man, this is about as long overdue as Avatar 2 was. The only difference, this is not going to be severely underwhelming. Just kidding. But in all seriousness, I'm actually not that kidding, really. In all seriousness, <laughs> thank you for being here so much. It is so great to see you. Alex, I am so excited to be here. When I got the text from you, first of all, many people don't know this. And Alex in my phone is not Alex Walk-On. It's Ledge, for, a Ledge first name and last name. So when I got the text from Legend that, uh, hey, you want to come on the pod? Time and place, you know, I was ready to go whenever. I'm you so made excited. it happen. Yeah. Fit into the schedule. I appreciate it. And uh, and I'm excited, man. This is going to be sweet. Be uh, I know you, this, this, you know, I feel like in the episodes we've done in the past, it's been pretty NFL heavy just because we yeah. started right with the NFL season picking up. And I definitely want to talk NBA because I know you're a huge NBA guy. Yeah. But I was wondering, could we talk a little bit NFL just because we've, we're yeah. staring down the offseason? Hell yeah. Got, We've got the 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 merry go round, the quarterback carousel starting up. Yeah. And I was thinking about you could probably make an argument for like maybe two thirds of the league that they maybe could be in the market for a new quarterback. Like for sure. Do the Packers love love if, if Rodgers moves on? Are the Lions going to wake up and realize that maybe Jared Goff is probably not going to win you a Super Bowl? Like right. Well, yeah. I was I mean, going to say we we've heard different takes on the Jared Goff situation. You know, I yeah. think you and I I think are on the same page that like. Sure, like maybe he can get you eight wins, but he's not getting you the four wins you need in January and February. You know, he could get us eleven wins. I mean, he, I, yeah. he went to the Super Bowl. I got it. But listen, the golf stuff we, we can get awkward. Yeah. We can talk all day and all night. But I mean, it, it, go, it goes on and on. Like, do you want to yeah. like do you want to win ten games a, a year and then lose in the first round of the playoffs? Like, right, right. Hell, Dak Prescott, all those. I mean, so there's so many teams that could be in the market, but. We all know that like it's so hard to find even a reliable starter in the league that can mm-hmm. be your franchise guy. So there's like a, there's a few teams that really feels like they're they're in the market, and that's the, the Jets, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Texans, Colts, Bucks, and Saints. Which is, honestly, I feel like that's more than usual. A ton. That's a ton. Usually, stuff like a third of the league, right? Yeah, and and like, I mean, you could argue some of them could stick with who they've got, but it, it feels like they're they're ready to kind of you know make a new change under center for yeah. a team like the Bucks, maybe not because they actually right. wanted to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I guess what I wanted to to throw at you now is yeah. there's like a ton of names coming out here. You know, Derek yeah. Carr's now a free agent. Rodgers just came out of the darkness. Maybe he's going to, you know, want to move on. Yeah. Is Sam Darnold going to get his 15th chance? Is Jimmy oh, G going to play for a team other than San Francisco? I mean, right. Lamar might get traded. Is Baker Mayfield still a starter in this league? What happened to Jameis Winston? What about yeah. the draft? I mean, there's so much stuff. Yeah. So can we just, can, and I know this is kind of a difficult thing. Can we no. go by team and like see I, I'd love to go team by team. So do you want to go through the, that, you know, the, that list you just gave, which was a brilliant list, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No. we can, Yeah. Can we start with like New York, the Jets? Yeah. I mean, so what we just saw, what Derek Carr met with, with the, with the Jets right this past week, I think it's tough for the Jets. I saw some stats though, that in Derek Carr's career as a starting quarterback, his defense has been 30 like, last in points per game, right? I think we might've gone, we might've seen the same stat, you know, yeah. like last in points per game, you know, 31st in, in yards per game, you know, just like really one of the worst defenses across the NFL in the last, you know, whatever, eight years since he's been starting. Um, and we know that the Jets have like a top five defense. I always struggle with this where it's like, I, I don't know. I still just don't see it with Derek Carr. I don't like, I don't see whether he has it. Um, and I just think, like, no matter how good your defense is, you put yourself in a game, in the AFC Championship game, against Patrick Mahomes, against Joe Burrow. And that's who you're going against in the 
at the AFC. And I think there is something to say for a huge difference between who you're playing, what conference you're in, because the, the jump between the top tier quarterbacks in the AFC and the NFC is monumental, right? In the NFC, like, can you barely get to three, like, like, of your, like you just said, two thirds of the league potentially interested in training quarterback. Half of the, almost half, like most of those are coming from the NFC, right? Oh. Who do you trust in the NFC? Jalen, right? You know, I think he, I think he proved it in the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm a Jalen believer. I think he's, the team's in on him, I'm in on him. Really after that though, who do you have like in the NFC? Like, like I don't think there's anyone that I'm like there's really convinced. Everybody else. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that's convincing, right? You can say Dak. Dak's never been to the NFC championship game, right? Rodgers, I don't even, I don't know if he's really like, he's got it anymore. You know, I think we've got an ascent. We've, I don't know. I think it's tough with, you know, over the last 10 years, we've seen quarterbacks like play into Brady played till 45, whatever. Breeze played for a long time. Rodgers is old, right? I mean, like, like what is he? Is he 40? And yeah, like, he's 39 are going to be 40. Yeah. Yeah. And like, let's be real. Like, no matter how they've changed the rules, like that at some point, like you just don't have it. Right. Yeah. Um, and they always say like quarterbacks, old quarterbacks, the thing they lose is like they don't get hit anymore. And it's like, so if he's, you know, if he, and we know like Rogers game these days, like mostly screen passes, short passes, but he doesn't have the support he needs. So like, well, I guess the point is like the NFC in general, I think is really maybe where you, where you would be willing to take up a quarterback like Carr. But I look at the Jets. I, I, that's not to say that I don't think they will sign him. I think I'm not a GM, like I'm not their GM. Like they might just want to get to the playoffs. I think it's hard with a franchise like that and a fan base that just wants to like see some shot at winning, you know? Right. Um, and I get that. But I think like if you're in the AFC, the decisions you have to make have to be much different than if you're playing in the NFC South, right? If you're the Panthers, right? You get in Derek Carr or you get in someone, right? Suddenly like, why can't you make it to the championship game? Why can't you be in the Super Bowl? How about just, you're going to win the division and have a you're home. In the division. You're going to have a, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like that's totally different than the Jets who let's say they bring in Derek Carr or they bring in Rod, I mean, maybe with Rodgers, they got a better shot, but then you still have to, to get to win the division. You've got to be better than the Bills. Assuming, you know, two is healthy, you'd be better than the Dolphins. Right. I mean, I'm not a Mac believer. Um, I got my doubts about the Patriots, whatever. But like Belichick is still going to like a tough matchup twice a week, twice a week, twice a year. It's a tough division for sure. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know. I think my take on the Jets, I don't know. I don't think Carr is good enough to get to where they want to be. But I don't know. But, I, mean, I don't know. Do you, do you see something different in Carr? I, I like Derek Carr. I think I like him more so just as like the leader personality than actually like the talent. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the defensive stuff is really bad. And to be honest, like it's not like it, uh, I'm obviously a Devontae this year, but other than that, I mean, you had the rug situation. I yeah, mean, for sure. He's, he's dealt with, and of course, the Gruden situation. He's dealt with so much just chaos. Turmoil, and yeah. And I, yeah, like, if, is he going to move the needle for the Jets? I mean, he'll move it in the right direction, but is it going to yeah. be enough where they're suddenly contenders? And then, of course, the the so like, oh, just get Rodgers. But you know, Carr is a free agent. Rodgers is going to take I, multiple first the, and yeah. player. The whole Rodgers conversation, I think, is a little bit like he just signed a contract extension last year. Like, yeah, I do don't you want to pay your guy fifty million a year right now. Yeah, I just I don't understand how you're moving him. Right, like what yeah. it's going to take to move him. None of that. First of all, Jordan Love played ten minutes against the Eagles. You know, when they were down by two scores, he was good. I watched the game. Like, he was. I was like, damn, like he's playing well. But, like, I don't know how you can then say, like, rebuild your franchise around that. Especially yeah. given the weapons that you have to give him. 
as a, a start of a, a rookie quarterback, like basically like a first year starting quarterback, you like the stuff they're playing with him. It, maybe it's fine for Rodgers. Maybe I guess he won whatever seven games, but you can't put a first year starting quarterback out there where your best receiver is Christian Watson, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I I think a lot of the Rodgers stuff. I think is it's fun. I think it's he's interesting to talk about. Like it, whatever, like whatever solitude and darkness and all that shit. But like I just I don't. I think he, I don't think you can realistically move him. I honestly, as a Packers fan and but not an Aaron Rodgers fan after the last couple of years, I gotta say, like, I honestly just don't see it with him anymore. Like, I don't think he has it. I, I, and my thing is like, I think it's interesting. I think like the NFL was always like cutting a player a year early or cutting a player a year late. And this past year, I think with the rise of like, we saw the Wilson trade, we saw the Deshaun Watson, and those players, you know, they completely bombed, right? I'm out on Russell Wilson too. Like, I don't see it. I know everyone says it's a Nat Hackett thing. I, but I don't know. At some point, you're the quarterback, you're playing. And like, you played 15 years with a defensive minded head coach. Yeah. I, I, I think you got to, like, I don't know what is in the stat. Like, he, in the end, he didn't finish the season with less touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his new house in Denver. You know, <laughs> like, that's like, at some point, you have, and like, whatever. It's like, and maybe like, I also think like, we've seen this about his personality. Like, maybe that, Stuff is like fine when you're winning. You're going to back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. But like if you can't through whatever it's 15 touchdowns, right? Then like I don't know. I don't know. So I think my thing with all these older quarterbacks, all these, I think you're better off looking to the draft, or just like I don't know, just trying to think about different ways to, to fill that position other than what we have right now in the league. Because so I think we're seeing all these players are maybe past their prime. Yeah. In the yeah. NFC at least. I'm like reluctantly. It's it's just so hard. Russ was so, like he threw 40 touchdowns like two years ago. Rodgers was MVP, you know, last season. Like yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry that they have this such a steep decline, but it's like like you're saying. I'd rather be wrong and miss out on one more you know solid year from them, right? Than be wrong and stick with them for three more mediocre seasons. Yeah, exactly. Much money. I mean, you're you're locked into Wilson and Rodgers for like what 150, just massive contracts that make and unlike the NBA, which we're not about like. They're not movable, you know. Like, there's no, there's no way to get out of. There's no buyout, right? There's no like, no. no one's picking up. You know, people are picking up Russell Westbrook, and they'll take him and they'll buy yeah. out, right? But you're not picking up Russell Wilson for that contract, right? So and at least no... with the the Broncos, like, and I actually disagree with this to a certain extent, but at least they're like they're close. They have like a really like, pretty good. Like the Packers are not one piece away. No. Like no. they, what, what are you going to bring Rodgers back and win nine games and make the first round of the playoffs next year and then lose? Like, yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but you can't move the contract though. So I don't know what you do. I mean, honestly, I don't know why they signed it to. I like, I get that they have to like, I don't know, take care of him. But I also, the whole logic of take caring, taking care of players, I don't know if it's true. I think it's like an agent thing. I don't know. Um, I, I, I just like in the end, like, is is a player not going to sign with you because you didn't re-sign Aaron Rodgers, one of the pricklier players in the NFL, for a hundred million dollar contract? Like, I don't see why I as like a middle linebacker would be swayed by that, right? Like, why do I care what's going on with the top 0.01% of the league's financial status? We've already made way more money than I'll ever make in my career. Why am I convinced by that? And that's only going to make, yeah, and that's going to make Green Bay, you know, a a free agent destination. I don't know. I don't know what the logic is there. Um, I'm with you. Only I'll say is like, you know, it feels like Rodgers is immovable. I think the Jets are so hungry. If there was a spot that would, you know, make, I think if anyone's going to trade for him, I agree. It would be him. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I definitely see that. 
I don't know. I mean, there's other names on there. Like Darnold's not, it's not worth going from, you know, I'm all Darnold, all those guys I'm, I'm out on. I, I don't see it. Yeah. I, I, I was a big Jameis guy. I don't see, you know, like could, could jets, could they trade for Lamar? Could they take a flyer on Baker? Could they just go in the draft? And I think the, the, the roster is so ahead of schedule on, from the, on the defensive side. A lot of it. Thanks to coach Robert Sala. Like, yeah, I think that, I think they probably are. And I remember Robert Sala had this quote about like a microwave world where we want everybody to be good now. I think they, yeah. I think they're going to get some, they're going to get a current starting quarterback in this league and they're going to want to upgrade and make the playoffs next year. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think if anyone is willing to like take, do that or to take a Derek Carr or take a Jimmy Garoppolo, like it's probably the Jets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's fair. Um, but I mean, Darnold Baker, I don't know. Those are also players. I think, um, I don't know. I just don't say De- definitely not Darnold. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you're going to keep playing a guy like that. It's the, it's the Wentz thing all over again, but not even because at least Wentz was almost NFL MVP at one point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When has Darnold ever shown anything since USC, right? Since that Rose Bowl game against Penn State, like when has he ever been the guy? So I'm also out on Darnold. That's my, I don't, not to me sound negative. I think generally, like, I think I'm a, I like a lot of these young quarterbacks. Like I, yeah. uh, but like, I just, uh, Darnold, same with Baker also. I'm not, I'm not in on Baker. Yeah. Um, I, well, after a three, four year sample size, I mean, how much better are they going to get? Like what, what are yeah. they what are they not unlocked yet in their game? You know, I think it's like, honestly, I think it's an, we understand the fact that Gino came in like seven years later and like somehow turned his career around. But like, that's not common. I don't know. I think at some point it's tough to say this, but like, if you have a really, you know, messed up development in your first four or five years, it's just gonna be hard to, to recover as you get older, you know? Yeah. Gino was such, and that was such like, they totally wanted him as like to sit. Yeah. And then he had to play. Because Sanchez got hurt, and then he he someone got punched in a locker room, and it like messed up his. So it yeah. was like such a unique scenario where he probably was going to be like a you know a decent starter in the league, and it just got derailed. And he was you know willing to sit as a backup for ten years yeah. and wait for his chance. I mean, you know that's not that's not Sam Darnold. That's not going to be what it no. is for everybody else. Exactly. But um, so what, what's your next team on the list? So that's my my very long answer on the Jets is maybe or whatever <laughs> they do. Uh, what about uh, what about the Falcons? I mean, I, so the Falcons, I think, are tough. I don't know. I don't watch all the Falcons, to be honest, cause just because I'm like, I put, I look at that roster. I'm like, who, like, who's inspiring me to put, put this game on, right? Uh, what's, like, uh, what's the tight end's name? Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Right? And even then, it's like, no one can throw the ball to Kyle Pitts, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't even want to watch that. Yeah. Um, I've heard as a potential Lamar destination, which I think yeah, would be exciting. But I don't know if I see it. I don't know if like, that's what they want. I think that's a team... I don't know. Like, I don't know what gets them going, but like, I mean, how many games did they win this past season? I, I should know. They were like in playoff contention because it was the NFC South. They won like six or seven games. The thing about being in the NFC South, though, like we said earlier, is like maybe you do just want to get one of these, but maybe you want to get a Jimmy Garoppolo with something. I don't really know what, you know, and Arthur Smith, you know, like he made Tannehill work, right? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's a good indication of like maybe, you know, they do want to take one of those Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo types. And they can turn that into something. Um, because they have the offensive minded head coach and they're in that honestly what it's a dog water division, right? Like who who in that division is like, you know, worth anything. So like, yeah, maybe you do go in and get one of those quarterbacks. You Every have single team in that division is on this list. I mean, the whole right, team. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I think if you're any of those teams, I probably of those four teams, I don't know. I think the Bucks probably have to 
and even though they had Brady, I don't know. I think like we we saw throughout the season, there's like four or five games where like they were down by two touchdowns and somehow like Brady like brings them back and whatever. I think they're the farthest out and are probably, I think if I were their GM, if I were Robert Light, like not bringing a quarterback, I think I would just need to like rebuild through the draft. I think they have a lot of space. Yeah, why well, don't get a veteran guy if you're not like a veteran guy. Exactly. And no in that division, like I think that in terms of like roster, it's probably New Orleans. And they're I mean, yeah. they're starting to lose that window. Cam Jordan's getting old. Yeah, and I mean they have the whole they have a cap situation, I think, still. Yeah, that's like messed up from Breeze. I to be honest, I don't really understand the NFL cap like at all, you know. But like I don't know if I know does. but I know they have problems. But yeah, I think their roster is probably reasonably close that they can get somebody in. So I think if I'm what I would say is, I think if I'm the Falcons, though, given that I have Arthur Smith, I would be like willing and interested in, you know, a car Garoppolo type. Because I think like, yeah, I think the Lamar thing is like interesting, but like, I don't know. And I, I guess he's done cool stuff with like Cordell, Paris, Cordell, Cordell Patterson um, and that all, you know, the running game. But I don't really know if I, I don't know. What, what, where Where's your head at right now with the Ravens? Do you think they're going to move? Move. You got to franchise tag him. They're gonna move him. Um, I don't. I mean, they franchise tag him, especially if they give him the low one where like yeah. the team can match. Like, I he's mean, just not gonna play. There's no way they're gonna give him the low. I think they gotta give him whatever. What is it? Forty million, whatever it is. But, but like, so let's pay him forty five million and then be in the exact same situation next year. Like, you yeah. know what? Like, what's gonna? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't like get like a cold. I know that happened last two yeah. years ago. He kept getting sick. Or yeah. maybe he doesn't have like a knee issue, but like you're still not like. If honestly, if I'm them, I'm paying him, I, and okay. I know he wants like these crazy numbers, but it's like this, and I know what what's the point of winning 11 games a year and then losing in the first round of the playoffs? I think he, I think he's different. I think he really can be the guy. Yeah, that you all the way. I think I think it is. I mean, like in the end, like he's an NFL MVP. You know, yeah, like, that is different than the everyone else we talked we talked about previously. That's different than Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr got MVP votes at one point in his career, you know, like Lamar won that MVP. Right. And like, he's been to the, you know, the second round of the playoffs. He's won a playoff game. Right. He's won multiple um, playoff games. Yeah. yeah. Um, can, we I, get, I, can we get him a number two receiver? We don't even yeah, need That's also true. That's true. Receiver. Like this whole, like, whatever we build the offense around him. I'm like, sure. But you're also not giving him, like you traded away Hollywood Brown. Like who is he even like, who is he throwing to other than was it Mark Andrews? Like, yeah, that's it. De- what uh demarco something like who is that I don't, yeah. i'm not putting him on my no. fantasy team i don't know who he is yeah exactly i think so i think and i don't know they, i know they got rid of greg roman i don't know i don't know who they brought in i don't they brought in a new guy i forgot what his name is apparently he's supposed to be an upgrade but okay it's, it's just like you know like is jalen hurts better than lamar jackson you know yeah like are you are you at what do you think so i i, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to that question i yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's a great point. And the point is, like, if you can't tell, one of them was just in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Admittedly, in the much weaker NFC. And I think that that is, I think, that is one thing to consider. Is like, I don't, I'm in the AFC. I think that, I don't know, maybe this is just me personally. I think it totally changes the way you build a team. But I do think Lamar is probably in the roster where, like, why, like, why couldn't he beat Burrow? Or why couldn't he beat Allen, right? Like, he can. Um, and he plays Burrow twice a, twice a year. Um, and like he wins some of those and he wins those games. And yeah. like, so I'm I'm in on Lamar. I think you gotta sign him. I think it is also it's it's hard with these injury prone players or well, I whatever you want to call them. I like 
the Kawhis, the Lamars, who I think like it's tough to get like clear communication. Right. But there is something to say for the fact that like part of the thing with Lamar is like he doesn't have guaranteed money, right? Kawhi guaranteed money, he's still not saying anything. So I don't right. That's one thing. He and he wants all the guarantee. He wants like more than Deshaun Watson got. Yeah, I mean, whether or not you should pay Deshaun Watson is a separate like I whatever. So like, yeah, but I mean like, I don't know. Maybe I think you got to give it to him, right? Like I get, I just. Quarterbacks. Are, also, I think the quarterbacks is like when you have someone you really think like you can imagine winning a Super Bowl, like you better pay. You should just pay them as quickly as possible because every year you wait. Like, let's say he gets a free agency. What is that number going to be? Like, it's like I like what half a team salary cap. Like, you know. So, I think I I think if I'm the Ravens, I pay him. I'm. I don't know if they will, and like obviously it's gonna make other parts of their team building hard. But also like, I don't know. The Ravens, the Ravens front office is one of the best, right? If anyone can figure it out, it's them. And it's like if you have the hardest piece in the puzzle, you've got it, that locked in, then like maybe honestly, sometimes you got to bet on yourself that you can make the rest of it work. Yeah. And uh, I think I so I'm all in on. Well, I don't know if I'm all in on it, but I think if I were the Ravens, I'd say sign him. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Why is he? Why does he like? Why you're actually the Jalen Hurts comp is good and that just like. Why, if I'm so, if I'm as gung ho as I am about Jalen Hurts being like he's the one good quarterback in the NFC, then like I should feel the same way about about Lamar. Yeah, and it's like, yes, he's been hurt a lot, but he hasn't had like a a huge massive injury. Like no. Joe Burrow tore his ACL; he's gonna get paid. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen, you know, turnover crazy, still impulsive. He like nobody other than Patrick Holmes, nobody's perfect. Yeah, you got to pay to get close and just do your yeah. best. Maybe you can, maybe you can sneak a game against the Chiefs and win your Super Bowl. Yeah, nobody, you're not going to find the guy who's going to make you the best team in the league because it's just the Chiefs and then everybody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like I think, like like you said, with those small injuries, it's like yeah, when I don't have the guaranteed money, the way I weigh those small injuries is completely different than if I'm walking in with like this guaranteed cash, right? He's and, handling it the absolutely the right. I mean, I know he's yeah. him and like his mom are like they, they don't have their yeah, you don't have an agent, right? Yeah, he's handling it like uh, he's not he's not rich yet. Like you can't yeah. him, you know? Right. I mean like what is he the last like there's a there's also a big gap in that last pick of the th- first round versus you know oh, the top ten the so it's like we're, are like fifteen million dollars apart. Yeah. So I mean like we're I think there's a sense that like oh he's an NFL starting quarterback. Like sure. But like he like he's not he doesn't have the money that Rodgers and Wilson and all these guys are getting and have gotten for the last like yeah he's not so, a so, attention right now I think yeah so like, like this is generation and and like it it's not he doesn't deserve it you know yeah I mean again like the guy was an MVP you know like yeah. I don't know maybe I'm biased like that means a, a lot right like to be the best player in the league at one point um, and still to be like a really top tier quarterback I think you got it you got to sign him um, yeah. so. So with respect to the Falcons and the Panthers, like, I think all of those teams, I know whether they have some draft capital, I think like they got to find different ways. I wouldn't say like go after Lamar. Yeah. Here, I'll just because, because we, we could go for. Sorry. Uh, I know. I know. I think we've. No, uh, this yeah. is perfect. I'm, let's do this for each team. Let's say get a, get a veteran free agent or go to the draft and we'll just, okay. just so we, you know, cause we, we want to, we'll give the audience. And let me, let me pull up some of the, the QBs for the 2020, 2023 draft. I mean, it's it's like it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony. Will Richardson. Levis, right, right. Are, you see that throw Anthony Richardson made? There's some like flick of the wrist. He's on like the 45 end of the end zone, and I it's did like, not so this. easy. He's I good. Can't. He's. He, I remember I was talking to Brian. He's like, he, he's saying Will Levis is the Zach Wilson of this draft, and Anthony Richardson is actually the third best guy. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm. 
I've heard a lot of doubts about Will Levis. I'm biased. He's a Connecticut man. He likes New Haven pizza. So I don't I don't want to come out come out against him. Sure. But I but I but I I get where that's coming from. My the Bryce Young also the size stuff. I don't by ten, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I never know from Nate no never know what to make of that with the quarterback. I know there are other small quarterbacks. He's definitely like built thinner than like Wilson. Yeah, he's um, not very thin. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So let's go through the teams and okay. Let's do so. Jets for the first one. I think we both are thinking they're going to go a veteran free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Falcons. I think also given they got Arthur Smith, I'd say free a free agent. I like that. Uh, how about Raiders? Ooh. I don't. That's tough. I, were the Raiders drafting like the middle of the first round? Yeah. You know, I think they're going to go free agent, and then they're going to be bad again because their defense. Yeah. Is terrible. Well, I'm just saying, I just don't see how they're good no matter what they do. So. I don't think if I were them, I would just wouldn't take anybody. I'd just be shit. Yeah. And then yeah. Get a better pick. Maybe try yeah. to get um what's what's the guy from CJ Anasia of what's um Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Yeah, go get Caleb Williams. Yeah, exactly. But they're gonna be stupid and they're gonna get Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh how about the Panthers? I think ooh. Tepper wants they're, to win. I don't know. He wants to win right now, but also they're aggressive in the draft. I could see them trying to trade up. I think they could be like a Will Levis team, right? Like okay. they yeah. And they can, you know, they can still play Darnold another year and just have. Yeah, exactly. Set, but, but I feel like they'll 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 want to go for some sort of home run strike. I don't know. Yeah. How about Texans? Are they just, are they going to take Bryce Young or Bears have the first pick? So I don't know what that's going to happen there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to trade. Like maybe the Panthers trade up for that pick, right? Right. Um, but I think the Texans got to go to the draft. Second. Definitely. Uh, okay, Colts have the fourth pick. Oh, bro, the Colts are what a team! It's so crazy. Like four years on my way. So my so- my mom, my dad and I were driving to, to, to Yale sophomore year, and like the Andrew Luck retirement thing came out, yeah. and I was like, just like imagine where they were like before them, the the offensive line, the best in the league. They looked like they could really win. I don't know what you do with that team. I guess the draft. I think they have a pretty high pick, right? Fourth pick, yeah. I mean, they're yeah, right there they could get somebody good, but yeah. They, I mean, now their offensive line's bad. I mean, they yeah. The thing is, now the whole team is shit. So I don't know what you do. The receivers aren't great. The whatever. I can't imagine being like, I mean, the fourth pick puts you in a great spot, but they, they're otherwise they're in a pretty stinky situation. Yeah. So I, but I think, I think they got to go to the draft. Okay. Tampa Bay. Oh, they've tank tank tanking in Tampa. Yeah. They're, they're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Already. Yeah. Yeah. And Bro, they're, they're in the sweepstakes for some eighth grader. Like I don't, I yeah, don't. They, they're, <laughs> you're probably right. They're, they're more than a couple years away. Yeah. How about New Orleans? Last one. Ooh. Ride it with Jameis? Is it I honestly, I, I, they might rate. I look, call me crazy. I'm a Jameis believer. I'm a Jameis truther. James. I'm I a Jameis really like fan. James. I think the LASIK surgery is real. Like, I yeah. think he's going to be good. I, I believe in Jameis. He didn't have a know. chance this year, by the way. He got hurt and never got yeah. the starting gig. Back. Yeah. I'm, I'm so stupid. Yeah. What do you want to, I'm jamming with Jameis. I'm jamming with Jameis. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I don't know what they're like. We know what Andy Dalton is. We don't know for sure. Jameis, I feel like Look. there's a small chance he's really good and they should have played him. Who cares yeah. about winning the NFC? Who's, who's the Saints new head coach now? Uh, it's the, uh, Dennis Allen. He was their defensive coordinator. He, he stayed. Dennis Allen's still there. Yeah, he kept the job. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's wild for him. Uh-huh. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. But that's my. That's what I'd say for Jam jamming with Jameis. For my, okay. For I like that. All right, man. We're going to go to the NBA now. All right. All right. We're on. And I want to give you a chance to bring up anything, any topics that you want to talk about. But I don't know if you saw the the MVPs, the straw poll with ESPN. Oh, don't get me started, Alex. I'm glad uh, this is where, this is where we're going. Because this, this straw poll, this disaster, okay, has gotten me fired up. 
fact that 77 out of 100 said Jokic. And look, I like Jokic. I love Jokic. I think he's sick. I think he's great. I also know, I know, okay, I like him as an emotional feeling. I know that he won the last two, okay? Which means, and that he, in those last two years, he hasn't gone past, you know, the second round of the playoffs, right? So I don't know how, and then let's say people keep talking about record. You know who has a better record right now? The Bucks. You know who plays for the Bucks? Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Who's it's averaging true. over 30 points. You know, I like I think, you know, if I think tonight the Celtics and the Sixers play, if the Celtics lose, the Bucks have the best record in the NBA. They have the best player in the league, right? I think whether whoever whatever we say the MVP, like Giannis has won a championship. He you know scored 50 in a game six. I don't know how you could look at that and say, well, and also there's the whole argument about like winning three in a row, right? And like a big one, yeah. I, I, I whatever was like, you got to just vote, take it in isolation. I don't know how you take anything. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like the reason we knew we felt we could vote for Jokic to get last year, even though he was only the sixth seed, is because Westbrook won in whatever it was, 2017. Like yeah. everything is contextual. Everything is the response to what came before. And so we know, given that Jokic just won the last, we had this exact same experience four years or three years ago where Giannis went back to back. He didn't make it past the second round of the playoffs. And we said, okay, he actually has better stats than he had the year before. But, you know, we're going to say he can't win it. We're not going to vote for him. We're going to give it to Jokic because Giannis hasn't proved it yet, right? If we have a historical example of this exact situation two years ago, I don't know how we then say, well, actually, no, it's an isolation when we said the exact opposite in whatever, 2019, 2020. It, so. it happens all like like LeBron won twice, then they gave it to Derrick Rose. It's like, yeah, it, it, if we're not like we can't pretend that voter fatigue doesn't exist. So let's not yeah. pretend that like the fact that there's historical implications behind this is real. Like everyone's freaking out right now. When Mary Bird won three, when Russell won three, when Wilt won three, they were winning championships. And, you know, Jokic yeah. hasn't, he made the Western Conference finals before he started winning. MVP. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, I, and he the, has no postseason success. And oh, it's a regular season award. But like, like you're saying, you can't separate that stuff. You I can't. just, I don't, I don't do the whole, yeah. And then people bring up like the Steve Nash thing where it's, or I'm bringing up the Steve Nash thing. I don't know if other people are. I'm bringing it up. Yeah. The whole like he won back to back, right? And then his, the third season was better than the other two. They couldn't give it to him. And they gave it to Kobe. Like, if we, and, you know, so what are you saying? Should, should we go back and retroactively say, actually, Nash have won three in a row and Giannis should have won? Like, what are we trying to do here? You know, I think, like, I, everyone keeps saying, well, no, the rules, you know, the rules, the text might say the best player of the year, but the precedent of the last 50 years of the award, right, the way that we've interpreted and dealt with the MVP award is that, at some point, you got to prove that you can get it done in the, in the in the in the playoffs to win three in a row, right? The award isn't just the the award has never just been stats or just been whatever, right? Like we gave it to Westbrook because of the narrative, right? And what is the narrative with Jokic here? He's the best player on the second, the best team in the West. Like like I don't know how you look at the the Bucks, which is a team that has the same record. And Giannis, who's I think having an equivalently equivalently great season, and I don't know. And you say no, actually, it, by a landslide, Jokic is the MVP. I'm with you. I, I know the advanced analytics love Jokic. I mean, he's shooting over sixty percent from the field, which is pretty wild. And right. he's having a great year. He's having a great year. But you know what? Giannis, I didn't have Middleton up until a couple, you know, month ago, and they have you know an equi- they, Once he got Middleton back, he's been thirteen in a row. 
right? And Middleton also has still not met. Cousins, yeah, exactly. So it's like when Jokic didn't have his best players around him. I, admittedly, Giannis had Drew Holiday, so I don't want to say it's the exact same. But like last year, Jokic was the sixth seed. When Giannis didn't have Middleton, or Middleton hasn't been playing up to you know, the place he's been, they're still in contention for the one seed and the best overall record in the NBA. Um, so I don't. To me, the, the Jokic conversation is, I think. We, we just, like it's, it doesn't make any sense. And I, my hope is that like, if, you know, the Bucks finishes the one seed um, with the best, best record in the NBA, like people are going to look at them and say like, okay, like the best player on the best team, who's won a championship, who's won a finals MVP, who's potentially maybe the best player of the generation. We got to give him this third MVP. Yeah. So who also, by the way, is like maybe the best defensive player in the game, which yeah. is, I, and I'm whatever it's, Basketball is not 50-50 offense defense, but it defense is a significant portion of the game. Yeah. And Jokic is what? Like a slightly above average defender, if even. Whereas so, Yo- yeah. yeah. Whereas Giannis is like the singular best defensive player on the court, right? I like and he's putting up 30 points and whatever, 12 rebounds and six assists, five assists, whatever it is. Um yeah. So that's that's my my MVP screed. I the whole Jokic stuff is really it's wild to me. I I I, I pretty much agree with you. I, I also wonder, like, you know, is because it's voted on by strictly media members, and yeah. like, and it, you know, like this was done. This panel, this little poll was supposed to be pretty representative of how the MVP is awarded. And then you've got guys like Zach Lowe, like you know, people who really watch on a basketball know what they're talking about. But I was looking. I actually found this like spreadsheet online of like people who have been confirmed. Like Bill Simmons is a voter. Ryan Russell, right? But there are a lot of people on there who are. And I'm not gonna. I don't want to name names because I don't want to, you know, disparage anybody. But they're like, I'm really who, worthy to hear hear about them on this podcast. They're just, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it probably won't be a big deal for them. But oh, no, but I agree. I ever the ever the consummate gentleman. I mean, I'm doing my best. Um, long story short, there's guys who like who who like facilitate conversations and like host stuff. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, I know. I understand. It's like, right. are you like grinding? Like watching the tape? Yeah. Stuff, you know. And like, like, like Zach Lowe, Ramona Shelburne, like all these, like they, I know yeah. they're NBA analysts, like, and they're like, all, like, that's their job is to watch right. basketball and write about basketball. For some of these people, it was their job and they've retired and that's great. They still will vote, right? It's like, okay, you're not watching. Like if you don't, if you gave up the rest of the NBA analyst job, why are you still making a call that has like pretty huge implications in your MVP vote, right? Like Steve, I'm pretty sure Stephen A has a vote, and I, I like Stephen A played like I'm pretty sure he played. He was like a D3 college basketball player. Like obviously he's been around for a while, but like that guy's busy, man. Like is he watching yeah. the no, play? He has like maybe twelve. He's on TV twelve hours a day. When is he actually going to watch the game? Like he's got to sleep, I imagine. Right? Yeah. Like no, I, I. So I think no, the voting body I think itself is like a little bit suspicious, and we know like, and that's true for a lot, like a lot of these awards. You know, same with the Heisman vote. You know, some of those people. They cast their cast their Heisman in like October, you right? Know? So a lot of these awards, I think you got to really rethink like who's who's giving these out. Do you think um, it should be former players instead or no? No, no, I'm not. I'm not a believer in the former the former player thing. I think like there, when you make it former players, it's like there's a certain amount of like survivor. But there's just by like just like I played one way. I played the game. Vote for my old teammate even. Yeah, my old teammate. Yeah, there's like the personal levels. But also I think there's just like, I think it's hard. I think it's kind of tough, honestly, to like have done something and then be an effective analyst of it. Like it obviously gives you a unique and a valuable perspective. But I also think it really like, I don't know. I 
I think it's hard to then like look back at how other people are doing it and like really be able to to get the distance that you need to be able to evaluate all these things in a, yeah. in a helpful way. That's not to say you can't do it. I, I totally think you can. I'm, just, I'm very pro players in the media and joining the media, but I don't think the award to be based on former players. Um, Cause like, whatever, like there's a lot of players who I say like, well, when I played, you know, Jordan played in a certain way and that's who I kind of understood the best. And like, and like, that's a valuable perspective, but I don't think that's like how we should think about the awards. They're all partial uh, to their own eras. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. That's my thing on the whole format thing. I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. I wanted to ask you just because it so it sounds like Giannis is your probably your yeah. pick. Okay, uh, yeah, for sure. I think a great way to kind of like I just, I feel like this has kind of come to fruition over the last couple of years is I I, I kind of can't, it's called the LeBron's Lakers litmus test. I came up with this the triple okay. LT. Okay. Okay. And pretty much what it is is like if I told you if a player and his team was against like the, even like the new LeBron Lakers like DeAndre Russell and those guys, right. like who do you think is going to win? Like if it's Giannis's box. Versus LeBron's Lakers, who are you taking? Giannis's Bucks. It's no question. No question. Right? right. I think you would probably say the same for Boston. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you'd, I would, pro- I'd, be, I'd be a little bit less co- confident about it, but I'd probably say the same thing for Philly. Yeah, because this for the, the, this is like the what, like the surrounding roster was like if they met in a, in a playoff. Just these two teams. Yeah, I would say the same for the Sixers for sure. I'm sorry, if Denver meets the Lakers in the first round, everybody's healthy. Like, I'm not sure who's going to win. And that's, that's interesting. That's like an indictment on a little bit of an indictment on Jokic, you know. That well, okay. I'll be honest. I don't know if I feel that way, but that's interesting. I do agree. Like, I think Bucks sweep, Celtics sweep, Sixers probably gentlemen sweep. Sure. I think the Nuggets maybe it's like against the six games. Yeah. Right? Like I, I do think that's true. But you think you don't know who you're taking in, in that in a first round matchup between the Nuggets and the? I'd probably Lakers. take the Nuggets, but like. Like the fact that you even have to think about it, I think. Yeah, is, no, I, I agree. This test right there. It's like right. If Jokic is really the, the MVP, the most valuable player in the league. There should be no question they lose to an yeah. team. Because it's not like the Lakers have missed Anthony Davis or LeBron the whole season. Like they're right. bad because they're bad. Yeah. And so, it's, I think the Lakers, I don't even know if the Lakers make the playoffs, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it's too late at this point. Oh, they beat the Warriors without Steph Curry and they're playing G League yeah. guys. Uh, like that didn't mean anything. I, yeah. they, I think they could win a bunch of games and maybe sneak to like the, you know, get in the play in. Play in. I don't know. 60. Who knows? But yeah, I um, think that team is, I don't know. D'Angelo, your big off, your big like deadline day move is bringing in D'Angelo Russell. I don't know. Like I, I player you traded away like four years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think you brought in a guy who you probably don't want playing in the last two minutes of a playoff game. Yeah. So you can't guard anybody, but right. so, I don't know. Okay. Well, that's, so you're, you, you might be more. Out on Jokic than I am, given given that. I just my, my thing with Jokic. I, I Nick Wright said this recently. It was like, is he the guy you want taking the shot at the end of the game? Is he yeah. the guy you want guarding somebody at the end of the game? And the answer is no to both of those compared to like the right. other MVP shortlist candidates. Sure. I I love watching him. I think he's maybe top like two three most fun player to watch in the league. Yeah, I think he's awesome. And it's not like he's bad in the playoffs. I just. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't think the Nuggets are that good. I don't, I'm not, you know, Jamal Murray doesn't necessarily seem all the way back. And Aaron Gordon is, you know, is that your third? Best yeah. Player? Yeah. So, my thing with that, I'm in general, I agree with you. Jokic, I think I need to see it again in the playoffs. Like I have, what did they get bounced in the first round last yeah, year? Warriors last year. Yeah. So what I, I, in general, I agree. My only thing with the whole, like, do you want him taking a shot? Do you want him taking, like, they used to use this, like, I once watched, like, five years ago, same segment with Nick, a similar segment with Nick Wright, where there was, like, Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Who do you want taking the shot? Who do you want guarding someone? Yeah, you can't it's like, talk about that with Nick Right? I, and, and then the answer was, like, yeah, sure, but LeBron's going to have you up 15. 
by that point because like actually he's doing all this stuff the first 47 minutes of the game and right. so i have a certain hesitancy with that argument given the given that right like i don't i don't want it to just become like the get a bucket get a stop thing because then it's like oh it's Kawhi. you know what all this type of stuff um yeah. but in general i i'm i i think we're i agree with you i'm with you Okay, and like I, like I have Jokic too, an MVP. I have, I be yeah. honest, on Jokic too. I'm yeah. like I don't even like. For That's him. the thing. It's I'm not saying that like I think, but I, I the fact that Jokic is one and so heavily, like, yeah, far and away the one, far and away one. I think is like that's really what blew, like blew my mind. Even if it was like close, I think I wouldn't be as heated. The seventy-seven to eleven is just like I don't know, just yeah. insane. All right, I wanted to ask you. I know we got a ton of topics here. I wanted to ask you. I we don't have to talk about it too long, but just like with the All Star Game and how just really lousy it was. Yeah. The, I'm, again, I'm stealing takes all over the place. I saw a really interesting yeah. debate between. So it was Nick Wright and you know Rick Bucher. He's also another yeah, player. yeah, yeah. Oh, I watched the same thing. Is it a are players too interested in winning or are players not interested in winning enough? Yeah, right? I thought it was. I thought it was actually pretty fascinating. It like, was. I, it was a really interesting because it was a real swerve from Rick Bucher. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. These players. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Because like I, I was thinking about it, about what Rick said about how we we have devalued winning and you don't have to win anymore. And it's like, like Bradley Beal has won three total playoff series. He's the fifth highest played player in the league. Rudy yeah. Gobert's twelfth highest paid, and he's not exactly a playoff juggernaut. Right. Russ yeah. was third highest before he got bought out, uh, and he signed that after a first round playoff exit in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I think he signed that after I think a pretty solid proof. Admittedly, he signed it to an OKC team that think thought at the time thought they owed it to him or whatever. Like there was sure whatever. But like it hadn't like Ben, ben right. Simmons, Tobias Harris, Zach Levine, Trey Young all make more yeah. money. I mean, and, the Tobias Harris deal is crazy. Like Tobias Harris was like an okay play. Was like was like a good player on the Clippers, and they trade him to the Sixers and something. They signed him to a max extension. Like yeah, guys who put up good stats and like they all make more money than Drew Holiday, who has like has a ring on his finger. You know, right. like, doesn't right. have like the flashy three point. And maybe one of the maybe. Is he the best perimeter defender? One of the best. One of the best. Up there, perimeter. definitely up there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I just, like, where do you stand on that? Who do you agree with more? I guess. I think, with respect to the All Star Game, I I think I agree with Nick Wright a little bit more. I like. I do think it's like these decisions are still. The idea is again, all that matters is you have to get it down to the playoffs. To the point that, like, yeah, like even like watching a regular season game. I was talking to someone. Uh, like one of my friends at lunch and he's like, yeah, winter break. Like I got tickets to go see Memphis, Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. And I was like, I was so excited. And then Jaw wasn't playing and Trey wasn't playing. Like I, I right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, why are those players not doing that? I mean, and it's like, they're doing it because there's some anxiety that like they'll get injured. Admittedly, honestly, Jaw is injury prone. Like I, or it's whatever. But, and that, but still like when you, when it's like all that matters is getting to the playoffs, then it's, how do you produce interest in anything you do before that? Like, as everything is geared to, like, then is the response, like, just cutting games? Like, would that, like, make, like, how do you increase, if there's, excuse me, if the, I guess there's two questions, right? It's like, there's an increase in playoff wins and a decrease in regular season wins, right? Like, no one cares about, like, no one wants to be a winner on the day-to-day. They want to be a winner at the end of the, at the, end of the year. Um right. I think so. I'm really, I'm thinking through this a lot. Like I don't I don't know. Like I I I'll agree. I also found it a really interesting discussion. I don't know what my strong answer is, but like how do you then like align those two more? Like how do you get people more invested in each regular season game? Is it just reducing player play, like the number of games from eighty two to sixty to seventy two? 
Um, is there something else? Um, my question is just like, why is this only a problem now? Why wasn't this a problem? And, and like, you know, obviously Nick blames the media and saying that like when people say for LeBron, like, oh, he's, uh, what is it now? Like four and, and, and seven or eight in, eight in the finals. It's like, yeah. so it would have been better for him to not make right. the finals and lose right. earlier, which obviously is ridiculous. It's not it's, insane. When it's so like, if you don't win the championship, it was like a waste of the season. Like it hurts yeah. your legacy. And it's like, I, I've averaged 28 points a game for 82 games. Like, is that not an achievement? Right. Like, I, I, I played really hard on the, on at home and on the road. Like, and, and maybe it's because, maybe it's the media, maybe it's the fans because people don't care about that stuff as much anymore. But like, I don't know what happened. And so I think it's a lot of things. And the more I think about it, it's like one main part of it is just like the way in which we interact with the NBA is completely different than the way we did in the 90s or the two, right, early 2000s. Where it's like in the early 2000s, we watched our team. Right. Like our relationship as a fan was I watch. Like my, I have a cousin. To be honest, doesn't get watch any NBA now. But like when he was in middle school, watched every single Pistons game. Yeah. And he can tell you like every because it's like that was his relationship. Now, like even my relationship as a Bucks fan is like mostly like I'm kind of I'm not am I a Bucks fan yet, but really I'm an NBA fan, if I'm being honest, right? Like right. I'm interested in the storyline and like what's going on. And if it's like if my two choices between games are like Bucks Magic and Suns Sixers, I probably would put on Sun Sixers, you know, and I'll yeah. check the score on Bucks. Maybe I can watch like, Lakers over, they're more interesting. They're just yeah, more, even if they suck. I mean? So it's like so it's like, okay. And because of that, I think that changes the values where, where like as a team as a, as a player, like my, like my interest is way less, is way broader in this interest of like how do I get myself involved in the NF, NBA like narrative or how do I end up as a winner in the NBA rather than thinking about it as like, oh, like I want to go play in the stadium today like, for my team. Like this is what's important for my fans. Um, and like the, so the, the, the way the fans think about the game is like, they're not like, oh, it was really cool. I saw him drop 30 in the game. It's like, oh, it, it, I don't know. Like, I just think, I think that's a big part of it. You know, sorry, I, I don't know if that made sense. No, it but. does make sense. And I, I think basketball inherently is like a more, like as fans, we're fans of certain players and the NFL yeah. we're fans of certain teams, you know? Right. Like, I, I sure. like, you know, I like Kevin Durant. So I like the Thunder. Oh, now right. he's on the Warriors. Well, then I like the Warriors the now, Warriors. you know? So like we're we're more kind of transient fans of certain teams, but right, and maybe maybe that's just like a, a like a fundamental flaw in the way we like consume the NBA versus the NFL, and of course it's it's just they're just different. But yeah, well, I let me. I don't know a lot about baseball. I, I, I think you're a bit of a baseball fan, right? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Well, I was one. I wondered they have an even longer season. Honestly, I guess it's like maybe less physical strain, but like I wonder if they have load management problems, right? You know, yeah. we know the reason that you know there's you know. Low advantage is not a serious concern in the NFL because there's only 17 games. Right. So they don't have the space. I don't know any much. I don't follow hockey at all. So I have no knowledge of hockey. Is there a low management concern? I and mean, what does that look like? Um, because like, like, I don't know. Yeah. Because baseball, the all star game, used to determine right. the advantage in the, in the World Series. Yeah. Um, and that's not the case. And they took that away. And I, I think, I don't know if they still try in the world. I mean, now we're seeing stuff. They should make the, the all star game like USA versus World. Like we keep pan like we made that first we made it like have team captains now we're drafting right. the game but what do we how do we inspire these guys to be competitive and maybe it's our fault that they're not competitive because do people care about the all star game anymore I mean I honestly was gonna say like I wonder if this is a question like I do I don't really care who wins the all star game to be honest I don't know right? any like fans I don't think have ever cared who wins the all star game but they've been extremely into the all star game and players cared about representing their conference right I. 
Yeah, I don't know how, with respect to the All-Star game specifically, how do you get people, like, engage, like, how do you get players to actually give a shit? I don't, I actually, like, I have no clue. Like, there has to be, like, there has to be some stakes. There has to be some way. Exhibition game, who cares, yeah. Right, but it's like, in the end, it's like, why, like, I'm, like, if I was one of them, like, why would I care? Like, I don't know. Other than just, like, some general desire to, like, prove that I'm sick as fuck. But, like, but then to that point, okay, maybe this is also another thing. It's like in the 90s and 2000s, when was the time to show everyone that I was good when everyone was watching me, right? But yeah, now we can watch everyone that. all the time. Like I can, yeah. if I see Jaw do something cool against whatever, the Thunder, I'll know, right? So as a stage, it's less meaningful than ever, right? Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's a, a really good point. Like if you want to see like really cool plays, like you can go on YouTube and get the highlights of every single game, or right. if you want to watch all the highlights, they'll put them on like TikTok and like 10 second clips where you only have to see the coolest highlight. Like everything is so compressed into only the most important parts to see. Right. Why why would you force yourself to watch a game on a Sunday night when you can just watch cool stuff anytime you want? Yeah. I mean, I think this is like actually like maybe this is the comparison has less to do with sports and or winning and like actually the question of like content consumption. Yeah. Um I'm talking about now. I feel like I'm really dropping a Bill Simmons take here, this right? Is like, like, but like maybe it is like we think about like music consumption, or movie consumption, right? Where it's like before, like it was like these big headline premieres, right? Right? Like it's like what's in theaters, what's got the the ad space. That's how we got. The, but now it's like we can watch anything and see anything all the time, right? So the value of like if I'm a, you know, whatever, like an album, like or if I'm, if I'm a music group and I get to perform at a big festival or I get to open for someone is lower now the value that's way lower now than it was 20 years ago because someone can still just find me on spotify or like find me on tiktok or whatever right so right. like the con because there's just such an overflow of content the value and use of these kind of previous institutions like the all-star game or like whatever a pitchfork review for music whatever it is is like way less Im- impactful like those institutions just don't carry the same weight uh and the question is like how do you give them like that the kind of oomph that we want maybe we don't like i don't know like maybe the all-star game itself isn't like what was what is the point of the all-star game uh it's just for fun yeah for fun if it's no longer fun then why are we doing it right like the reason it's fun in the 80s is like how often do we get does everyone in the country get to see like it's cool to see all these people play right and as in as a like a nation it's cool to see like Oh, like the best player on the magic and the best player, like see everyone gathered together. But in general, because of just like the constant kind of flow of, of games and, and the way we get to interact with the NBA now, maybe it's just like the all-star game as an idea is, and you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's archaic. It's like, it no longer is needed in the 21st century. And that's fine. Like, I don't know. I'm not that attached to the all-star game. Yeah, and like I mean, I agree. I maybe that we're getting really deep now, where it's just yeah. like it's just it's a product of like our era of media consumption, yeah. like content. But I, I wonder if it's, you're better off replacing it with some sort of like tournament or something. Like, and like there's a tournament, whoever wins the tournament gets to yeah three like slots in the standings. Right, like, exactly. Like you actually get some real thing out of it, and the tur- but the tournament like has stakes and means something, and it's like useful, whatever. You there's know? already rumors about that midseason tournament. Coming. Yeah, I think maybe there's like more value there than the All Star Game. Because um, it, because it, like, yeah, like, I guess it's kind of cool in theory to be like, oh, like Jokic and Giannis are on the same, whatever, are on the same team. But like, no, no, I think it's, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, that's my my take. 
I like that, man. I feel like before I, I we had this conversation, I was like, God, why why do we have to keep like pandering to these players who don't want to do anything? And now it's like, well, you know, the, it just doesn't serve the same purpose anymore. Like, yeah, it's, it's not as it isn't as important. Why would they want to do it? And I think, yeah, it. it I don't know. This is good. This is good yeah. stuff, man. I wanted to ask you. I know the the trade line, the trade deadline had a yeah. team. You got the New Look Lakers, the Suns right. are in. The Clippers, Warriors, and Mavs feel a little bit more desperate than they are all in by the moves they made. But right, you know, we got twenty five games to go about roughly for all the teams. Mm-hmm. Forget not just trade deadline stuff. Everything. What are you most excited about with kind of this home stretch of the season? Oh, that's a great question. Like, what am I looking forward to? One, I think I the, the race at the top of the East Eastern Conference. I'm in like I'm excited. The Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics. Like, I think those three teams like really are like great. Um, I think all three of them are. Maybe I think they might be the three best teams in the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it seems like you agree. Um, so just watching them kind of, I know the Sixers have a tough kind of run in um, to the end of the season, but like who gets that one seed? Because the one seed in the Eastern Conference is going to matter so much. Because if I have to play the Sixers or the Bucks in round two, and then the Celtics in round three, like oh, that's, cool. it's impossible. Whereas like, if I'm the, if I'm the first one seed, I play the Cavs in round two. Cavs are good, but they're also young. You know, that's, I think like the Cavs will be excited to be in round two. They'll be, you know, whatever. I'm sure they'll play seriously, but it's just not going to be the same. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, The Suns thing, I'm definitely, two teams are, well, well, okay. Honestly, this is like just following, just keeping up the Kings being as great as they are. Yeah. I don't know if you saw any of the game last night, the 176-175. Yeah. So Westbrook had what 14 assists or something like that. Yeah. So that was, so, you know, just, it's, it's, I don't know. I like when teams like break playoff droughts, you know, I'm a, I'm a Kings fan from afar. I'm not like that invested, but you know, it's good to see some underdog get some juice. Yeah. So um, that's just like kind of keeping up with that. Whether the Grizzlies get it together, like that's a big thing. I, I don't really know what to make of that team. I've never Um, been a Grizzlies guy with this, this John Morant, like Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks kind of core. Yeah, everyone, I just, I get that they win a lot of regular season games. I don't know. And Jaw's great. And I like Jaw. I think. I don't know. I've just been a lot of stuff about him recently. So I, but whatever. Um, I know I'm not that plugged into it. But, like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think they're missing something. Like, I think they need something. Um, and I don't, I don't really see it for them. They need um, a winning scorer. And then yeah. Have it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, aren't they a team, like, why don't they go in? For, why didn't they go in for KD or someone? Right? Yeah. Like someone. They need like a like a Paul George, like somebody that they right. can other than Ja, who's like bigger and can just like muscle his way in the paint. Yeah. Um. And honestly, I don't, the West. I think I just the twelve. Hopefully, this last time I'm just like some sort of sorting. I still like don't know what to make of it. Why? To be honest, like everyone's like all in on the Suns and with KD. Like I, I don't know. I still have some weird anxieties about it. Completely yeah. like unbased. I have no idea where they come from. I cannot tell you why. There's just something. Like, I'm just like, I just. They got a um, gel, man. Like, when KD joined the Warriors, like, they were bad in the beginning. You got it. And you, you're giving yourself 25 games of gel before it feels like you have to win a championship. Yeah. And also, I think just like injury concerns sure, um, are huge. Chris Paul uh, hasn't been able to hold up for a full playoff series or full playoff like season. And I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. So, all of that. And then the Luca, like the Luca Kyrie thing. Who knows? Thanks, I don't know. Spock, man. I, I hate that trade. Like, I, just, I don't know. I don't like that trade. I don't know why you make it. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. The, the law of the choices the Mavs have made have just not made any sense to me. Well, um, going back to the Porzingis thing, it, it just has not worked. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm out on the out on the Mavs front office, honestly. Yeah. Um I'm just looking through the standings and looking at like what's going on. I guess am I I'm vaguely interested in the Lakers thing. I'm set like I want I'm a LeBron fan. I want to make I want it to be great. I think it'd be cool. I just don't think they're good. Like I just Neither do I the reason I say the Nuggets thing is like I just don't want to see LeBron in the playoff series, man. No, I, I get that. And I'm I think it, it's an interesting question. Like LeBron's not going to play back-to-backs, right, right now. But you I get think he might these this last stretch to try and get him in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think he might have to, right? Yeah. But like, I think, but once you get to the playoffs, like LeBron is going to lock. I don't know, lock in, right? He's going to um, go into his zero dark thirty. Mode. Zero dark thirty. I mean, admittedly, like when when he did that, did he like lose the next playoff round? Or, like, yeah, I probably. Yeah. Just, but, just you don't go on Twitter doesn't mean you're going to get. Better. Yeah, you're going to be unreal. But like, so whatever. I guess following up with that, um, I don't know. But I think that's brought honestly an underrated narrative. The magic, seeing what's up with them, they're really they're putting fun. something together. Really yeah. Um, my 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 real second favorite team, the the Thunder. I've always been a big Thunder guy. Yeah. Uh, just like keeping up with them, Josh Giddy. I don't know like what's going to go on with their like who their their draft. Like what are they? They're still in contention for the playoffs now, right? They're ahead of the Lakers. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, and like Chet hasn't Chet doesn't play this year, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think those are like just some broad. Those are some broad choices. I think, I think there's a lot of stuff going on, on across. Like I think with the West, it's really like the middle. I'm not super interested in what's going on with the Nuggets. The Nuggets are the Nuggets, you know. But a lot of like the Suns, the Clippers, the Mavs, um, the Timberwolves are 500 after they gave up like their entire future for fucking Rudy Gobert. Um, oh God, that's one where it's like everyone knew it was a disaster when they made it. And it's like only got it's tough because they brought in that that GM from from Denver and they paid him a lot and that's his first choice. And it's like, how do you like? I don't know. What do you do when you realize you brought in this guy, paid him big money? I think gave him a stake in the team, and the first oh, thing wow. he does is like fuck it up. Like, yeah. how do you fight? You can't fire. Like, what are you? What are you? What are you supposed to do? So yeah, that's a poop shoot. Yeah. So um. Sorry. Is this? A, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I've been swearing throughout the oh, show. Yeah, probably. Don't even sweat it, man. We, okay. we, allow, we allow profanity on, on here. Okay, good. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble with the FCC, you know? No. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I think that's just, I think a lot of stuff I'm, I'm interested in following, but like definitely the top of the East and I think maybe like the middle of the West. Um, And again, the Allen's the MVP race because I think that's really going to come down to a record thing. But I think for me as as a Bucks fan, the race for the one seed in the East is my favorite. favorite thing. Yeah. Can I give you a, and we can we can talk more about Bill Simmons in a second. Can I give you a Bill Simmons take I have? Ah, I love a Bill Simmons take. It's, I shouldn't say it's not a take about Bill Simmons. It's a take as I would make it. In the, right. In the mold of Bill Simmons. Yes. Yeah. A Bill Simmons-esque take. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm calling these uh, frisky, fun, first round playoff exits. Ooh. Okay. I like it. You can hear, I feel like I can hear Bill saying I like that. It. I like I it. Know. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So. Like Raptors just kind of stood pat. They, they thought, yeah. we were, oh, let's get rid of Fred Van Fleet. Let's trade OG Ananobi. They didn't do any of that stuff, right? The Nets cleaned house. Yeah. The Heat added Kevin Love, who's a defensive liability who can't do the only thing he's good at, which is shoot. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks added a perfect Tibbs guy in Josh Hart. Yeah. And none of them can beat Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, or Cleveland. So, yeah. and they're not good enough regular season teams to like avoid them in the playoffs. So, right. they're all going to lose, right? Yes. I think, I think first East, the East is very top heavy. I think it's like, one through four is going to be what's going to be in the first round or second yeah. round. Yeah, and they're fun. They're fun. Those teams, are, yeah, those teams, teams are great. Like, I think they're all really, really cool. Yeah, but like, it's not it's not going to happen this year. And then my final, uh, let's see, my other frisky, uh, fun potential first round exit. This is partially a joke. 
But like, it, it just makes me think about like, what what is the one versus eight going to be with Denver, right? I know I already talked about like, you know, is it good? Are they going to see the new look Lakers who still technically have two top 10 players and the Nuggets don't? Maybe they'll get the ninth seeded reigning champion Warriors who just got another on ball defender, yeah. Gary, Gary Payton back. Oh, well, it's okay. Maybe they'll maybe Dallas will fall back and they'll have to play the best offensive backcourt in, in the league, right? right? Yeah. Maybe or they get you what? Know, the Pelicans. I was just saying, maybe they'll play New Orleans and then just they're gonna get Zion back when they play them. Yeah. The it's just like, like it's a terrible, terrible situation to be Denver right now. Cause like you you have this great regular season, you get the first seed, and you're probably gonna have the toughest first round matchup in the entire league. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like, wouldn't you way rather be like the Grizzlies and get like the Timberwolves, right? I would love Most that. Likely. I would, or yeah, I don't know. So I think it's just it's it's tough for for Denver. And I'm like, I think we're both lukewarm on Denver in right. in some sense. Um, I know I've, I know the rest of everyone else is, is all in on them, but I like it. I like your, I like your frisky fun play. Can I give you one? I think potentially. Please. I'm a big Kings fan, but if the Mavericks stay at six, and oh, stay at three, I just, I, you know, like we've seen Luca do the impossible against the, some of the best perimeter defenders in, in Kawhi and Paul George, De'Aaron Fox, you know, like, as yeah, he really, bonus. I like, yeah. So I think that's, if I was to pick one, you know, top four C that's probably going to go out in the first round, it's, as much as I love Sacramento, I just said that I was a big fan. It's got to be that. Um, we're lockstep in that one. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take take quick uh, quick tangent here. Can we talk about Bill Simmons for a second? Because we're <laughs> I think you you are the biggest Bill Simmons fan probably that I know, other than the Brad Silverman. Who, uh, yeah, I'm I'm Bill Bill. Honestly, huge impact on my life. I actually think he's a foundational cornerstone in my interests in life. Yeah. You know, so I love Bill Simmons. I think one. I don't know that many fifty year old white guys in my life. You know, sure. And it's yeah. cool to know what they're up to. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a demographic that I don't have a lot of experience with. Um, but I think like well, the thing I like love about Bill is just like it's the cross pollination of interests. Yeah. I think that's really what gets me going. It's like he watches a movie and it makes him think of a basketball game that he saw, which makes him think about a fucking band that he liked in the nineties. That's the dream, you know. He's just, He's just he does it yeah, all. He does it all. I think it's like it's that kind of like just like whatever cultural knowledge expanse. That I think really, in fact, my actually, I made a resolution for Lent. Not that I'm Catholic, but I'm trying I, to be. I love that you do that. Yeah, my thing. One of my my resolutions is to be more porous, to take in more. Because Bill, he's just like a sponge, you know. He's yeah. just taking in knowledge, like taking in stuff. And so I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan. I got on the Bill Simmons wave. Actually, I think from our boy Anish. Really, also okay. A Bill Simmons fan. Anish got me on it too, by the way. Yeah. So Anish got me on the fan originally with the rewatchables. He's like, okay, check out yeah. this. So I got, I started watching and then I was like, he's like, yeah, Anish is not a huge sports fan. So Anish was like, oh, he's got, he's got, you know, he's got his own podcast, mostly sports. Like I listened on the movies. So he sent me an episode. I listened, but I got really into it because I loved this, you know, the sports stuff. And then I come back my sophomore year and I'm talking to this kid who like runs the club, this like club I'm in. And I'm like, he's like, what are you, he's like, what are you like, up to? And he's like, it's kind of weird, but like, I listened to this podcast called the Bill Simmons podcast. Doors open. Now, my guy, Tomas, shout out Tomas. Uh, we're the biggest Bill heads out there. We love Bill Simmons. So just huge shout out to Bill Simmons. Big impact on like my interests, my you know my passions in life. I now listen to way more dad rock than I did three years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Counting Crows head. Um, I love Counting Crows. They're really good. Yeah, they're good, man. They're yeah. good. So yeah, and also I'm a big, I don't know if you listen to some of the other Ringer podcasts, 
Chris uh, Ryan. Bruce Hillows. I listen to okay. Hillows. Yeah. Chris Ryan, that guy's my hero. He's who yeah, I want to be. I like though. he's funny. Yeah. 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 I like his vibe. You know, I just feel like yeah. he seems like a good hang. I dude, I, I think that's what I love about Bill Simmons. I feel like it's a good hang every time I listen to him. He's his the way he interacts with his his guests, it feels like he and like I think he is friends with all of them pretty much. Yeah. Like I love when he like, gets Waz on there. Like, like yeah, they're just like hanging out, you know. Yeah. Or, or when he gets like like KOC on there. Like I'm pretty sure Bill like is like, all right, KOC watches more basketball than me at this. Point. <laughs> like, let's yeah. just let KOC run it here. But then yeah, like, Bill's also the kind of guy that will watch a, a Hornets game on a Wednesday night. Yeah, that, exactly. He wants to watch because he likes watching the way Lamelo Ball like yeah. dribbles or something. Yeah, like I, honestly, the Bill it reminds me of like when I come and talk to my dad. My dad like watches like. But like most of the sports content was like 20 years ago. He'll be like, oh, just like Jim Kelly used to throw the ball. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means, man. But like, but like honestly, but it's like fun. It's like, it's just a, it's just nice to talk. And like, yeah, it's hype. So huge, huge Bill Simmons fan. I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, you and I, hopefully, I think I'm sure this pot, how's, how's Bill impacted, impacted your podcasting style? I mean, the big thing is like, not just talking about sports, like talking about movies, yeah. what people are up to in their lives. It's just like, it's just more, yeah. I feel like it's more interesting, more fun that way, especially for me. Yeah, uh, for sure. Real quick, can, and I know this is really difficult. I'm going to give mine, you may, and then you give yours. Just favorite, like Bill Sim- Simmons, like reference or segment that he's done. Oh, I'll quickly do one. I don't know if you've seen this. this. It's him talking about Titanic with some guy, and okay. they're talking about how much they hate Rose as a character. And Ooh. I never really thought about Rose being a bad character. I watched, yeah. I don't know, like, it's hard to laugh at a video by yourself versus like with other people. Yeah. I was hysterically laughing yeah. just by myself. It's like a YouTube clip from his podcast. It was yeah. killing me. I strongly recommend watching it. That's great. That's good. I mean, now ugh, I'm trying to think. He's got so many. This reminded me of another take he has. Have you ever, the God, in the Godfather, he's mm-hmm. convinced that Diane Keaton is like a horrible character. And that. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't get why he would do this for her, whatever, whatever. I think just a wild take. I'm trying to think ugh, what's his best. I also, I love a parent corner. I think the parent corner segment is so hype. Yeah. You know, ugh, what's my best bill set? I think those are the, those are two I'm going through going to off the top of my head but the guys he's always innovating you know he doesn't miss yeah he doesn't miss no and he's taking shots from deep you know yeah and he's still sure. and he's still making them so yeah that's what i, I give me some time we'll, we'll circle back at the end too. circle back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's what i'm saying right now yeah a great transition because you know what else we love is yale basketball <laughs> let's <laughs> go I'll, I'll blue baby yeah seriously i mean yeah. They're 18 and seven. I think they just That's won like right. a time thriller over Cornell. That yeah. was awesome. That's right. Um, and then, oh no, sorry, over Princeton. They're playing over Princeton. Yeah. Who is, who's tied for top of the Ivy League right now along with Penn? So it's Yale, Princeton, yeah. and Penn are the big three dogs uh, in, in the Ivy League. Um, who's this, this six, six Matt Nolan, Nolan guy? Matt Nolan, great. 63% from the field. That's 11th best in the nation. What's going okay. on with the team? So I actually had the opportunity to talk to, um, the coach of the Yale men's basketball. Oh my God. How? Yeah. James Jones. Uh, he, uh, he was our speaker at society. So okay. he came in. Yeah. He spoke with us for a couple hours. Um, what, let me tell you, for sure. Fantastic guy. He's so hype. Yeah. He, I follow him on Instagram now. He's so cool. Um, but he's been coaching for a long time now at, at Yale. He's been coaching, I think almost 20 years. And so, but he, they really hit their stride, I think in, in the last kind of five years. So since I've been at Yale, Every year that the Ivy League has been able to send a team to the NCAA tournament, it's been Yale. So that, you know, they've just really been killing it. They've won the, the Ivy League championship. I, I think like through, I think every year I've been a student that they've had it. Um, so they're playing Cornell tonight um, at 7 p.m. It's going to be a big game. 
One one player I tell you to watch out for, August Mahoney. Great name. Great, great from deep. Great, great three-point shooter. Um, I think the key to the key, the key the keys that uh you know Coach Jones gave us was uh ball movement, defense, and um rebounds. And that was, those are the three things that I found to be really effective. And I think if you if you get that, get out there and get to paint Whitney gymnasium, if you have the chance. Um <laughs> uh, one of uh America's most more mediocre college basketball stadiums, I gotta be honest with you. Um, Appreciate you. But yeah, but um, the team is by no means mediocre, but the stadium is fine. Um, I think you'll see, like, we were watching, I went to the Penn, the Penn Yale game a couple weeks ago. Penn, everything was running through this one guy. Just every, every shot, I think he scored, this this team scored 80 points, he scored 40 of them, and he assisted on another guy. So, like, great. You look at the Yale, the Yale box score, balls moving everywhere. Every player, like, all five starters had 15 points. So it's just, it's really a team, I think, built on on ball movement and getting everyone involved, you know, just constantly, very, it's moving fast, um, which I think has made it, which is, I think if you look at the field goal percentages of the Yale team, pretty high because they're getting open shots, they're getting good shots. Um, and I think that's been a big key. Um, I'm really excited. I think, I you know, they're, right now they're, the Ivy League rules are a little bit confusing because a lot, they have co-champions for a lot of the stuff. Um, but uh, I think right now they're top. They're top of the Ivy League. They're tied in. They're tied in conference record, and they have a better out of conference record than Princeton and Penn. Than Penn. Princeton and Penn play each other. Gee, so Penn and Princeton both just won today. So Yale's got a win tonight against Cornell in seven. Um, and then Yale will be back on top. But Penn and Princeton play each other uh, in a couple of days. I think the first week of March. Sure. And Yale's playing. Uh, I think Brown, who's like a, a pretty mediocre team. Uh, middle of the conference so i think it's looking like yale's gonna win uh you know the ivy league again which is exciting hopefully go to the tournament again which would be great um, some noise yeah yeah and I, you know they got pretty close they've been close the past couple of years in fact i think what is it but a couple of years before i started they, they beat butler in the first round uh it was a pretty big upset and i think um they got pretty close against lsu on my sophomore year my my, my first year so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I think this it's a really great team. It's a great coach. Um, yeah. So just want to shout out the Yale men's basketball team. I've become a big fan this past year. Yeah. And also shout out the Yale football team for winning the Ivy League this year. Yeah. I was not messing around in the sports realm, man. No, let me tell you guys. We're we're I'm leaving Yale on a high. Not that I was yeah. super involved in the athletic department, but the teams are doing well. Teams hey, well. they're good when you're there. That's yeah, not a coincidence. Well, okay. Say. Look, all I always say throughout the one through line of my life, go blue, you know, go blue, go blue. Yeah, there you go. That's what that's my what I got on on Yale basketball. That's my bulldog corner. Well, hey, also real quick, big year for bulldogs. Georgia won, Yale won. Bulldogs hey. are winning everywhere. Okay, that, so, that's the stuff people want to think about, man. It's the mascot carry the mascot okay. stuff that's really important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's definitely the year of the bulldog. Amen, dude. All right, Rama, I got I got one more topic to share with you, and we're going to expand on this in a, a subsequent episode with a couple, more, couple others. But what, I know you want to talk a little bit about the Oscars this year. Uh, yeah. Well, I've just, you know, movies have been on my mind a lot this past year. Uh, yeah. Just, I don't know. I'm big, I don't know. I've really been leaning into them. And I know you're a huge movie head yourself. You're Absolutely. Buff, right. I don't know if you updated your top 100 list recently. I, I mean, Rama, it's like a top 250 list at this point. I, there's so oh, many movies. I, and I've been updated frequently. I, I know. I'm, I really <laughs> admire it. I'm so impressive. Um, I think, I got to say, the movie that I've really been rocking with this year, The Banshees of Inner Sharon. Oh, I think this movie is brilliant. I think so it's good. 
10 out of 10. Uh, it's really captured the hearts and minds of everyone I saw it with. Um, I'm a huge bit. I think like one, I now want to go to Ireland after, after graduation. Yeah. It just seems like the place to be. Um, that movie made you want to go to Ireland? Yeah, bro. It was so pretty. It, well, okay, it was pretty. That's fair. Also, I think there's a certain darkness in there that I related to. So <laughs> it spoke to me. Uh, so I'm a big, I love, I also think the performances in Banshee's unreal. Have you, have you heard the story about how all the sweaters they wore in, in the movie were made by this one 80-year-old woman who lives on a small island off the coast of Ireland? I heard that. And so they 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 find her, she makes all the sweaters, and then they take the sweaters and they distress them to make them look like they've been used. So they have to like light them on fire a little bit or like like wrap them and pull them so they look distressed. But it's crazy stuff. It's cool stuff. So shout out to her. Um, no, I'm also just a big fan of Irish media. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Normal People on Hulu. Heard of it, never seen it. I'm a huge Normal People fan. Uh, by you know, it's, it's a series based on Sally Rooney's book of the same name. Um, shout out Sally Rooney, great Irish author. Perhaps the greatest. Is she the voice of our generation? You know, I don't know. I actually don't know. I haven't read the book. I'm not really a big reader, but people tell me that she could be. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I really like Banshee. Well, what do you think about Banshee's? I mean, of, in terms of all the Best Picture nominations that are out this year, that's my favorite. It's okay. not the one I think will win. And no, I don't think it'll win. I don't think it'll win. But I think just like as a film, I'm all in on it. I loved it. I, I forget the the. I mean, if you want to, I mean, they have three supporting actors. First, Colin yeah. Farrell's up for Best Actor. Three supporting yeah. actors in that film are up for Best Supporting Actor or Actress. And yeah. it was just like I watched it with my mom, and I and we we both were just like. I think the more we got removed for it, from it, the more we liked it. Yeah. And you get the metaphors with, with, um, with civil war and everything. Right. And like there's a ton to unpack. I just thought the acting was so good. And I thought it was such like a, it, it's such an interesting kind of thought process to think about like, do you, are you someone who, who loves the simplicities and, and the routines yeah. of life? Or do you, someone who feels like you have to have a legacy and you have to be remembered. And it's like, you know, where, where do I fall on that? And that. Spectrum yeah. Now? And I, I think the great, the great thing about the movie is like, even like, what is the like? I like, I thought the line that he has, where he's like, you know, a hundred years from now, no one will remember you. Everyone remembers Mozart, Mozart, and the guy goes, I don't know who the fuck Mozart is. Yeah. You know, like, I think like that's, I don't know, like, even like in this idea, like, what is legacy? Like, what are we even playing at, right? Um, like, it, like, given the remoteness of this place, like, we know like the sister leaves because she wants something bigger and better. Right? right. It's like it's like we're all operating in these our own kind of like small bubbles of like we produce meaning, right? And so then like in this like drive to like get something bigger, bigger, like we decide what that like we're this is all produced. Um so I, I don't know. I thought that was brilliant. The, the stuff with the Irish Civil War about like what do you do when you turn in on yourself in that way, right? And like I, I don't know, the end with the ending. Sorry, I guess spoilers for the film. Hopefully you sure, all sure. forgot that I can't spoil it. Everybody, but at the end, where like I think like they find some sort of like there's peace through the conflict. The fact that they've come to terms with this new, the new like kind of boundaries of this conflict provides like dimension to their life, definition and dimension. Um, I don't know. I'm just and like like you said, like I think the acting is just really like unreal. I think call I'm all. I really hope Colin Farrell wins Best Actor. I know it's between him and uh, Austin Butler from Elvis, which is I think Austin Butler is going to win. You know, I've I've been hearing he's the favorite. Yeah, I refuse to watch that movie. I don't give a shit about Elvis. I just um, watched it last night, actually. Well, what What do you think? You know, I mean, I, he was. I thought he was really good in it. And I've heard he is good. I've heard he's good. It's, but it's just like 
the, the issue with those biopics, and particularly this one, it's like it's just very cookie cutter. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's it's not like far deviating from the truth. Like the agent, you know, takes advantage of the star. There's some doctor that right. him with some magic potion that makes him able to go on stage if you know he's too tired. Right. Um, yeah. It's just like it's like the Michael Jordan secret stuff from Space Jam. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's, I don't know. It, it felt there were a lot of things in there that just felt very like like predictable, I guess. And oh, by the way, it's a biopic. Like a lot of stuff is true. Yeah. But I wish they would have they kind of gotten deeper into things about like with his family, how the addiction stuff started. Yeah. But, I mean, I think a lot of the biopic stuff is just, especially recently, is like because they're getting the families to sign off, which whatever is good. I guess like, I don't know. I think we just got to think about like these biopics are the effective films. Like what are we trying to do with them? I don't know. I think as a genre, I need some reinvention because like there's been a lot of these musical biopics recently. Like there's been... Elvis, there's been I didn't watch what was the Queen one? Bohemian Rhapsody. I love that. A lot of okay. people don't like that one. I I thought and and maybe it's because like I like I don't know I like Queen's music too. I also like Elvis's music, but I I I thought that movie was I enjoyed it more. Yeah, um, I did watch Rocket Man, the Elton John one. I thought I it was fun. I thought it was a fun film, but I was not like this is like moving me in any way. I don't know. I think as a genre, I think I'm out on it. I think like. The Elvis stuff, I don't know. There's also like there was some racial politics to like, isn't there a whole thing that like in the movie, like the guy tells him to take Elvis's music, whatever. I don't know that much about it. Maybe you can tell me more. I mean, there, there, was, there was this whole thing about how like the fact that a lot of his, the themes within his music were derived from like- Black like, artists, black right? Black artists, yeah. yeah, from that era. And it was, you know, of course it's like the typical like white guy with glasses telling his kids, turn that off. You know Right. Just... What's the, isn't that the Tom Hanks clip? I keep seeing this one on Twitter where it's like, this guy's white. And then he like turns it up. Oh he realizes... yeah. Everyone's like, oh yeah. It, it, no, the guy's definitely like a black singer. And then Tom Hanks yeah. like, wait, he's white. Yeah. Then, yeah. I'm sorry, man. Like it, it's just, it's, it's too in your face, you know? Yeah. So, and I get that's like Boz Lerman's whole thing, the director, but like, I don't know. I'm yeah. uninterested in the movie, whatever. Big, but I think called two hours and forty minutes. By the way, yeah, I don't know. And look, don't get me wrong. I actually am less anti-long movie than others in my life are. Okay. I am still pro short movie, but I'm I'm not anti-long. I don't know if you've got a chance to see Tar. I have um, not seen Tar, so I loved Tar. I thought it was great. It's also a long movie, two hours and forty minutes. Sure, uh, I'm not anti. I'm anti-long movies when it doesn't need to be that long. Yeah, yeah. I just I think. Banshee's a shorter movie. I felt short. That's, that's sub two hours, I think. Yeah, it, it felt short. I was like, I would well, finish it. I like, could have watched that movie for four hours. But I would have watched the movie. I would have, yeah, bro. I, I would have watched each finger and then some toes, you know, yeah. cut off. <laughs> whatever um, extremities they want to deal with. Yeah, yeah bro. Um, so that's my that's my thing about Banshee's, my thing about Elvis. Tar, I'll say briefly, I, she, she's the favorite for uh, Best Actress, Kate Blanchett. Love that film. Man. Yeah. Love that movie. I watched it with some of my friends. I watched it actually with the same group of people that I watched Banshee's with. Okay. None of them liked Tar. They all thought it was horrible. Really? Not horrible. They they were not in on it. I talked to Christian, who I think would be one of the guests on the panel uh, yeah. for the Oscars. Um, but uh, I thought Tar was great. I thought it was really good. I I was talking to my friend. Um, I wish she, and she had a really and she put it really well. Um, she thought that I I, I want to get it right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll back and see. Okay. Okay. And she said that, you know, the director had a really fascinating point of view in that, like, the direct, the conductor, Lydia Tarr, is, is depicted with compassion, but without absolution. So we're able to, like, we do, like, form an emotional connection with this character, but we don't feel the desire to absolve her of her crimes, you know? And I think that's a really tough line to walk, but a meaningful one. And I think, I think broadly, uh, 
a position that we need to as a and now I'm getting a little bit broader, but like as a position we all need to like try to, be able to practice more, which is like to have compassion for people that have done bad things without the desire to then use that compassion to erase what's occurred. Um, I thought the movie, so, wow. I, and shout out to Adya Bisa, my my good friend for coming up with that line. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's a fellow film head. She's she's all in. Uh, she she reads scripts for fun. So yeah, tell her to come on the, the Oscar panel. Oh, she she might be down. I'll let her know. I'll, I'll yeah. ask her. Um, she's met Christian before, so oh, perfect. We'll have yeah. some rapport, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So, but that's so. Just those, those are my quick notes on Tar. Um. I have unfortunately, I sent you a list of movies I want to have watched by today. I didn't get to a couple of them, so I haven't gone to see Fablemans or or Triangle of Sadness. But um, but I think Avatar two. So you you found Avatar two underwhelming. It sounds like based on our intro. Yes. I just. I mean. And like, I don't want, like, we'll, we'll revisit all this stuff that we, you know, and we'll get the group. I, Cause I saw it with Grayson. Okay. And I really didn't like it. And I think he disliked it even more than I did. Okay. I just, I, it was the biggest thing for me was just, I just thought the dialogue was so cringy and it was also yeah. just, like, the same story as the first one. And I yeah. I, so it's really interesting. I always remembered Avatar 2, just like um, Avatar, Avatar 1, sorry, as a movie that like I saw as a kid when I was 10, whatever. Then I got, I got here back for my last year, I was talking to, I have a lot of friends that are film majors. I was talking to them and they're like, I love Avatar 1. I think it's the greatest movie. And I was like, wow, I had no idea like movie. I didn't realize anyone loved Avatar. And yeah. I especially didn't think the people that loved Avatar would be like film majors, I you know, yeah. right? And so I was really surprised. So then I was like, okay, maybe I need to give it another shot. I watched Avatar 1. I think the reason they really resonate with it is like visually the things he's doing are really like innovative and cool. I think from a craft perspective, um, there's some exciting stuff with it. And I'll say, I think I liked it more. I wanted to, I went to watch it with my sister um, and she hadn't even seen Avatar 1. She just came with me. But we saw it in a, the Lincoln Center IMAX, America's biggest IMAX. Um, and I think honestly, it's one of those movies and maybe this is a conversation we can have now or a conversation we can have on the Oscar podcast. As these movies get more into this whole like theater versus streaming thing, mm-hmm. has I think we really underrate the massive impact that's going to have on people's viewing experiences. Um, for sure. But I think for for my sister and I, just because we saw it in that screen, I came away with it being like, "Wow, that was like three hours of like cool looking stuff." Um, I I'm, agree I'm with that. I'm totally yeah. with you on that. I'm I'm like, and maybe it's my own fault because I don't appreciate that kind of stuff as much. No, as and I don't want. I don't want. I think to be clear, I'm also with you on the whole. I don't give a shit about Jake Sully or his like hippie dippy daughter or like all this shit yeah. or his son. Like whatever. It's like fine. But I'm I hear like, one, it, we hear that those kids say dude or bro one more yeah. time. Oh my good lord. James Cameron yeah. does not know how we talk, man. Yeah. But um, but I thought it looked cool. And so I was like three hours <laughs> of like, and I'm like, honestly, like when I watch sports, I'm like, man, that was a cool shot. Like, I, I'm I watch things that look cool for hours on it anyway, right? Yeah. And I was like, it's three hours of this guy just like doing cool shit. Um and so I think, yeah, I don't have like, I, I also don't have like the technical knowledge to appreciate like stuff he's doing, the camera work or whatever it is. Uh, right. But that's, that was my response to that part too. It was just like, I don't know, it, as visually it was cool. And I kind of abandoned my like desire for like an emotional being resonant or like whatever. Well, yeah. So that's my take. I respect it, man. I, and like, I'm, I, you know, again, visually incredible I, I they somehow managed to step it up from the first one i'm someone who really liked the first one yeah okay 
But I also just felt like they were. I just I got more attached to the characters in the first one. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the plot, the, the plot, the pacing of the second one. I don't know. I I know it's done incredibly well in the box offices. Like I think it's the was it the third highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, the only movie it's losing out to is the first one. It's itself, right? And Titanic. I think he now is like he's the big three. He the three most. Yeah. Guy's dominant, man. Which you got to give it to him, you know. Sure, definitely. I mean, like I, I went and saw it. I mean, the, the, you know, imagine how goaded you have to be. The only guy you're competing with is yourself, and the guy behind yourself is still yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's that is great. Um, that is really good. But that's my take on Avatar two. But speaking of visually, you know, impressive or visually overwhelming, did you get a chance to see everything everywhere all at once? Yeah, I mean, like. If, if I, if you told me, I, I, I haven't seen all of, I think it's 10 movies. I've seen, I haven't yeah. seen three of them, but if you told me like, I had to if, like, Hey man, I want to watch a movie from the best picture now this year. Which one should I watch? I would tell you to watch that one. Yeah. is my favorite just because like that, that was just like, that is just awesome. And it's mm-hmm. different. And it, it, it crushed it at the box office. Everybody's loving it. It's, it's so weird. And it, like, it's also, it's touching, it's moving. Like it, it kind of just checks all the boxes and it's really, really cool. And it's very fun too. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I think it was the first time I've ever cried in theaters. Is the same wow, movie okay. I saw with my friend Danny Lee uh, at the end of last school year. I think um no, I'm a big fan. I really liked it. I know some people here at school that actually are more mixed on it. They found it like too overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, or too much going on. And I and I, I like you know I have one good friend that graduated a couple of years ago, and her review of it was by trying to be everything everywhere all at once it ends up being nothing at all she found so she found the movie stretched too thin like kind of just like trying to produce all these emotions and in that like didn't like it needed a narrowness a narrowness that i think a movie like banshees definitely has um i that all to be said i found it really moving i really liked it i think like i formed this kind of personal connection with with the plot with the narrative um so i i, I hear it's potentially the favorite for best picture as of right now yeah yeah, um, which by the way, I'm a, I I kind of want to get in on betting on the Oscars. Like, I feel like there's like money to be made there. Oh, um, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a good balance of like critical acclaim. Like Avatar, they're they're not even trying because they know they're not going to right get it. exactly. But they have um, a good balance with like critical acclaim and commercial success. Yeah. So I think um, yeah. So that's that's my take on everything. I I really liked it. I thought it was great. I know both the actor Michelle Yeoh potential best actress winner. I know yeah. um. I forgot who's the best supporting actor, the, the dad. The guy, the guy who was in uh in my, in, Jones in, like 30 years ago. He made right, a, yeah. his acting comeback. Everything ever. Um, but so like I know he's like the pretty heavy favorite uh to win best best supporting actor. So yeah, so I think um I I think those are the movies I've seen for right now. And I, I in general, actually I think it's been a pretty great year for movies. I don't know if you've got a chance to see After Sun, which I have not seen. No, um, I have not seen it. My friend Adya loved it. She said it may be her favorite movie of the year. Has um, this connect another Irishman, Paul Mezcal. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. Living too. I don't know if you've heard about that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and Cocaine Bear. That's a little bit different. Uh, I was just talking to somebody who who saw Cocaine Bear, and they were. I read an article, review article about it too, and it's just like, it, it's like it's not trying to be good, and it still fails. It, yeah, it's too gory and. Uh, uh, you just can't, you know, you can't have it all, you know. Yeah, it's it, it looks fun though. I could be yeah. a fun movie too with your friends. Yeah. Well, I guess that's my movie. I don't know, Alex. I, I don't. I know this. It's, we run a little bit long. Hopefully, that's okay. I don't want to. 
Absolutely, man. No, I mean, I've had such a such a blast on this podcast. Well, I'm so great. thankful for you giving your time, man. That you, I'm so happy that you that you shared shared your knowledge with, with our very limited audience. But <laughs> oh, come on! I mean, admittedly, I am. I don't. Well, if you want to ask me, like, do you have any frequent view, frequent listeners? Oh yeah, I mean, we we get a pretty pretty decent listenership per. I think about thirty people tuning in. Thirty so. people. Yeah, yeah. We do. Oh my gosh, I didn't. I was feeling so casual talking. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Around the world too, we get some people from like a country, all that stuff. I shouldn't say around the world and country, but like there's some people around, you know. Wow, that's I didn't realize I was on such a big platform. Yeah, man, <laughs> that's fun. okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully, I get invited back. Again. I don't mean to overrate it. It's really not that big at all. Thirty but, people is a lot, man. I'd yeah, that's a full I think classroom. Most of them are friends, but who knows? Hey, it's, yeah, people really enjoyed it. I was talking to society. I was like, I was like showing them photos of our high school friend group, and they're like, yeah. "Wow, that is one." Big and boisterous group. Yeah, it was, man. And and yeah. we've made it. We've made. We've managed to, you know, keep stick it together. together. Yeah. yeah. So we shout out to all of them. Yeah, seriously, major shout out. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. That's that's all the I think stuff I have. I, I don't know if I had any. Alex, do you have any fun stories from Ann Arbor? Do you have an Ann Arbor corner? Let me think here. Fun stories from Ann Arbor. I mean, I feel like we sort. You know, there was one time we uh we went out as a group recently. Okay. And we like, like it was like Grayson, me, Jacob Kane, Jacob Kanan's, Max, Maggie. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm missing it. Akram was there, uh, Kazar was there, and so we all came back. And we're just at Max's apartment, and long story short, there's just like people are throwing like onions across the room, like potatoes. Um, they're playing like Fruit Ninja, but like in real life, yeah. it's very dangerous. Um, and it's just like, what is happening? Um. Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, city of dreams. It is seriously, I great. guess you know it's not much of a story, more so than just like reliving chaos. But it was hey, funny to. Watch. I enjoyed hearing it. I enjoyed hearing you spin your thread. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun time, man. Nice. Um, yeah, Ann Arbor's good though. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm bummed about leaving soon, but you know, it's yeah. Been, I mean, you've been an Ann Arbor resident for half a decade. I have been exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. been five years. So like, you know, it's a lot. But yeah, oh. man. Thanks again for uh, for doing this. I really really appreciate it, and uh, and I love the movie takes. I'm loving all the takes. We I'm love. We kind of challenge our own generation the way we consume content. Yeah, good. This was good. I like I said, the, my goal with Lent, this whole like being more porous, taking taking more, gotta be more reflective too. Just gotta ask every time I you know I read anything, do anything, gotta ask like you know like how does this how should this change the way I'm looking at the world? It's yeah. been my big, you know, how does that you know in the Bill Simmons mind test, how can I, you know, make some connections, you know, like how's the way I'm thinking about watching TV changing the way I'm thinking about watching sports, but it's been an honor. It's been, a, I've actually had a 10 out of 10 time. This is I'm so glad, man. This is, I don't know where my day was at before, but let me tell you, my day is up here now. Oh. I know, I know this is an audio platform so people can't show, see, but my hand is really high. You're raising you know? your arm yeah, higher than yeah. the initial point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Um, it's been awesome. I'm glad it made a good impact on your day. And, oh. uh, and listeners, thank you guys for listening, yeah. and uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much.